Welcome to Project Healing, a podcast about growth, authenticity, and difficult conversations. Here, you'll find a mix of real-life experiences, inspiring humans, and some spiritual insight. I'm your host, Jenna Krasinski, and I believe that we truly have to feel our pain in order to heal it. Community is a huge part of the process of healing, and I invite you to come along and dance through the ups and downs of life. This is Project Healing. Welcome back to Project Healing. I am not alone today. I am joined by the lovely Tracy Holmeyer of Uncontrollably Me. Tracy has been on the show before, so if you didn't catch her last time, circle back to episode 15 where she joined us to talk about um, her experience as a domestic violence survivor. Um, But Tracy is much more than that. Tracy is an energy and trauma healing coach. She is a meditation guide and breathwork facilitator, as well as a speaker. And I recently had the pleasure of joining one of Tracy's amazing breathwork classes, and it blew me away. And right after that, I reached out to her and I was like, okay, we got to get back together because we have to bring this beauty of this breath work to project healing so that we can open the door for more people to be exposed to what what she does. So welcome, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jenna. Like I, it's so great to be back with you. And um, the space is really, it's, it's inviting. Like you, you said, you know, would you like to come back out? I'm like, heck yeah. Like it was, it was, it was great to jam, you know, obviously Catherine not being here um, is different too, but I, I like love the energy still of this space and, and the purpose and the the mission behind it, you know, and reaching people. And, and that's really what I've always been about is reaching who, who I am for and who is for me. And, and so these, these uh, podcasts and um, group experiences too, like the breath work uh, are really, are really engaging and fun. So thanks for having me. And, and I'm excited that you had the, the, the juicy experience, right. Of, of going into breath work so that you have, um, you know, you can speak from it rather than to it, you know, it's like you speak from the knowledge of, of going through through yourself and it's different for everybody and every experience is different too. So, um, it's good that you are able to, to take that on. So cool. <laughs> yes. I, I had done a little bit of breath work like here and there on my own. Um, it was something that came to me kind of naturally through my spiritual practice and, was something that I was led to just in my own meditations. I would find myself doing these breathing patterns that I didn't know anything about, but I was like, oh, this is different. This feels good. Let's Mm -hmm. try a little bit of this. And then I've dabbled in um, Kundalini yoga, which has a lot of breath work involved. Um, And that was an amazing release for me. So um, when I saw that you were facilitating these workshops, I was like, oh, I need to try this because I didn't know I didn't know anything about it, if I'm being honest. Um, and I had quite an experience that I haven't shared with you yet, but I'm happy to. Yeah, yeah, but I loved it. First, I want to know, like, how did you get here? How did you land in this arena? <laughs> so um, by design, everything is like leading us here, right? And then in another minute, we'll be here again. And that constant invitation back to ourselves and to the new person we're becoming. Like the person that we were right before we got on this call is is in past tense now and we're here arriving, arriving, arriving. And so 
Um, my story is one of, um, it's kind of like that sick joke, right? Like we're, we're put into these bodies, we're brought to this earth, we are born, whatever your belief systems are and how you arrive, right? We're here and we, we had previous knowledge and that's gone, right? Babies. And we're relying on, on these humans to teach us and, and pass down information and the systems of, of ceremony and um, passing down and ancestral uh, information and generational learning um, has shifted. And we've gotten away from the storytelling and the rituals and the lessons and it's become very robotic in a lot of our at least with within our society and along the way we could go on a ted talk about how you know the systems of emotional being and well-being and and right living have broken down along the way but mm. what led us you know to to these points is getting dropped into a human learning all the things that you know most of them don't serve you aren't your truth you know don't align right or staying stuck in that place where it doesn't feel good and then you have some devastating dark night of the soul or several and then you are like okay well i guess here we are right what am i going to do with this am i going to stay the same am i going to grow and i had um you know, as you spoke to, you know, as a domestic violence survivor, I have um, sexual assault and rape. I have, uh, you know, really, I won't say it was bad childhood, but a tough one. Um, and, and I try to say that lightly because obviously there is comparison, even if we try not to compare. Right. Um, and, and um, a lot of life lessons, a lot of things that I experienced. And then this one rupture happened in my life that caused a, a complete cascade of all the things that I had barely been holding together all of the years of my life. And what it did for me was force me to take a look at who I was um, and, and how I identified. And this, this particular life-shaking moment um, was, of course, over the over the time of you know several months, and um, it it shook me to my core. It made me really look at like who I was, how I was showing up in the world, what my truths even were, right? So that we go from this dropping into a human, learning all this stuff, having a, a bad experience, and then do we stay the same? Which it's you can't unknow, you can't unlearn, you can't unsee or unfeel the things you're now going through. But sometimes that there's a little bit of bliss in the ignorance, right, and staying away from it. Um, Definitely. <laughs> uh, but I knew that all of the things that I had, quote unquote, become were identities that I had picked up or carried because they suited me in some way, but they weren't my gifts. They weren't my soul's contract. They weren't what I was sent here to do. And in order to shift into that, I had to make some huge like life changes. Um, and one of them was, you know, I've, I've always been a helper. I've always been someone who is in support of others and not just on like the holidays when you go volunteer, actually in, in life situations. And I was given a second chance in my life, very literally, and I wasn't, I wasn't using my gifts. And so this this dark night months of the soul was um, was a rupture that caused everything to like flow into where I am now. So I um, aligned myself with things that I wanted that I knew felt good to me, and I maybe couldn't have even explained why at the time. Uh, getting a coach, you know, going back to therapy, like at the time it was 
on, I've been on anxiety medications most of my life, recently have come off all of them, which, you know, we can talk about or not, whichever. Um, but at the time it was very necessary in my life. And, you know, just a tidbit, like I don't knock it and I'm also for getting off of it if that's what suits your life, right? Like medication saved my life at one point. Um, And so writing myself with the things that felt good to me again, right? Even the smallest things like, do I want coffee this morning or, or do I want tea? You know, like something so simple that I just had not given myself a chance to matter. I hadn't created space for myself to matter in so long. And then like, if I'm not these things, who the, am I right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and then, and what do I want? What do I, what do I need? What, what does my heart desire? All of those things. And then out of that came beginning my coaching practice um, and then studying a ton of different modalities, right? I've got trauma certifications. I've studied internal family systems. I've, I've uh, worked in like the polyvagal and really take a certification course on it, but a course nonetheless on, on the vagus nerve and, and the autonomic system. And I was, had been teaching meditation for a long time and it was a tool that I used myself. And then at the end of my, uh, one of the most intense trauma courses I was in last year, very heavy case studies, you know, like the things that are hard to talk about, let alone can't imagine experiencing. Yeah. And I was visiting a friend in Florida and I had watched something on breath work and I had similar to you, right? Like I've heard about this, right? Like this is something that's starting to pop up in different places, but I had no clue, right? I I did breath with my meditation. I did breath as a yoga teacher. I knew that it's foundational. It's foundational to our very lives, but Mm -hmm. it it can be used as a tool to enhance the, the somatic experience that we're having. I didn't realize it was actually the key to unlocking the soma, the body, right? And so I'm, I'm uh, visiting a friend in Florida, beautiful place, and I'm finishing this trauma course and just really resourcing myself. And I do my very first hour long, it's like an hour, hour and a half long breath work and um, a meditative pattern, which I can talk about in a little bit. Um, it's a, more advanced where you do it laying down so that you're fully supported. It's a longer experience guided by uh, somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and I was was in my body, out of my body, untethered, retethered, rewritten, completely deprogrammed, like all of the things happened to me <laughs> in this original breath work. But the most foundational thing for me was that I had to, you know, kind of like full circle in the conversation so far is that I had a really bad um, experience in, in my abusive relationship where he had, um, Uh, it strangled me for a period of time until I was passing out and then um, kind of woke me back up, revived me. And in this breath work, I have healed, quote unquote healed, right? We're always healing. I don't think there's a there as I've discovered. Um, But I thought I had dealt with it, right? And I still had some some trigger. I still had some um, reaction to people touching my neck or anything like that. But I felt like, you know, I got as good as I could with the tools that I had in, in this particular trauma of being, um, almost strangled to death. And I go into this breath work, not thinking that's on the trajectory or the plan at all. And my body quite literally 
put me back into the situation. I'm a very, I'm a very um, visual person. And I was able to, in the experience, visually in, in an imagery setting for myself, remove his hands from my neck mm. and reclaim. I, I actually said in my head, like, you, you don't live here anymore. You need to vacate my body. I need this. This is my space and I need it back. And I'm no longer going to allow you to take up space here within me for the wounds that you gave me. Mm. And the transformation of that, right? There's healing and then there's transforming our wounds into fuel for our future and, and pro propelling us forward. And so knee jerk being in service of people, I immediately am like, oh, well, I have to learn how to do this so I can give it to other people, right? And, yeah. and it, it was like, okay, this is for you. And I'm immediately like, and I switch into rational brain, like the world needs to hear this. So I immediately invest in this, one of the best courses that I found most trauma informed courses, very detailed. Um, it was a seven month course, um, actually just graduated last month, which was awesome. Um, after like hours, thanks, hours of teacher training. And uh, yeah, so what I've realized though, is end my rant here in just a second, is that um, the, the, what brought me to breathwork was my need and I, I set it down for a little bit to be in service of others. And I, this year realized that I am of no service if I, if it's not for me first and foremost. Right. So, um, I am, I'm a real advocate of, I'm not the coach that's like, I've got it all figured out. Like if you're looking for a guru, there's plenty out there, or at least some that are parading around as right. I am, I am the, the human who is in it with you. I am going through it with you. I am having my shit laid out on the table too. And, you know, this, this um, transition for me has been about, I am in better service when I am uh, inputting for myself the ways that I'm outputting for the world and so I'm in it with my clients my the breathwork you know group classes all those other things like I'm doing the work so that I can be of better service for those also showing up to do the work and breathwork is the fastest way in I meditated for years and I probably I guess I'm coming up on 20 years as a meditator now I can do in three minutes in breath work what I did in like three hours of meditation, right? It is a fast door in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I had that experience as well, um, which I do want to talk to you about, but I want to go back to what you said about like you are going through your healing journey with along with your clients and the people that you support. I yeah. find that that is so important. And I think that that is, in my opinion, I think that that is an indication of a true healer is somebody mm -hmm. that is constantly working it through their own journey. And it's funny because I feel like I'm talking to myself right now because you're like, <laughs> I learned the thing. I love the thing. Let me teach the mm -hmm. thing. That's like exactly mm -hmm. how I am as well. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because people will say, you got your hands in so many pots, but I'm like, no, all these pots work for me. These are my pots. So yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's a balance. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I have found myself a lot recently saying actually like sponges, right? So 
grab a lot, but even they will leak when they become overfull. So it's it's yeah. kind of like this, it's moving into a balance of doing our own work, um, inputting and resourcing ourselves in a way that is nourishing and healing and, and also full of rest and um, um, like a marinating, right? Embodying and then moving on. And you only have to be one step ahead on a path to warn somebody about potholes and all that other stuff. But my job isn't to tell people, oh, there's a pothole coming, right? right? It's like, hey, this this could be an issue. You're going to have to go through it yourself and I'll be right here to support you as you do. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. We can't spare people. And God knows I've tried with my child, right? But we cannot spare them of, of their experiences, right. good and bad. It is just our it is just our opportunity to show up for humans and hold space for them while they go through these things because we're not meant to do it alone. We really are not. This this idea that individual and I'm strong because I do it by myself and I don't need any. It's a horse crap, you know, like that just yeah. doesn't work. We need each other. We need community. And one of the things that I love about breathwork is it is so foundational. We all breathe from from the moment we come into this world, we are breathing. It is with us every and we all can relate to breath even if our experiences are wildly different we all have um ways to get back into our body and feel into our body and be in our body safely securely in a container where we use our breath as the doorway in so yeah i like to say body's the healer and breath is one of the medicines yeah oh i love that i love that mm -hmm. so much so mm -hmm. You mentioned how um, you did meditation for years and years and years, and then you found that breath work was like the fast track for you. <laughs> and I had a similar experience, but will you first um, describe, like what, how would you describe the difference between meditation and using your breath in meditation and then doing breath work? It's, so I don't, I don't know that there is a comparison. What I can say okay. is that with meditation, there is a desire to, you know, like quiet the monkey mind to like bring ourselves into a place of like, of witnessing and allowing and, and the minds will either allow it or it will negotiate with us for like a period of time to like, okay, I'm going to give you 10 minutes, right? Usually <laughs> takes like 30 to 40 minutes in a meditation before the, the mind starts to like unhook and let you really be in the presence of meditation. And that is beautiful. That's wonderful. And, and I meditate regularly. And there is sometimes such resistance by the mind to let you bypass it and get into the body that you, we got to give the, the mind something to do. We've got to give the brain a job. And this goes, when I say mind or brain, this also goes for um triggered protection mechanisms, right? In like internal family systems, IFS, you have like the wounded parts of you and then you have these protectors that come online and they do a brilliant job of getting you away from the thing that feels like it's gonna kill you. But yes. sometimes that thing is really what you have to get to the edge of in your feeling to heal it, to go in and repair the rupture rather than just, okay, I can see this and I can inspect it and now I understand it. So now I don't ever have to think about it again. Cause when has that ever worked? Right. Right. Um, and, and so breath work actually is a way into the body. Um, and we do meditate in breath work, you know, the, the reorienting period afterwards, a lot of people think is just like, Oh, we just kind of slowed down the breath and we're coming, you know, back into it. It really is the time where you're like, Oh, that was interesting. 
wow, I didn't see that coming. What just came up for me? What, you know, and being with the sensations of the body after you've really activated it in that way. So it's there, it's really two different modalities, but breath work is one that we can use to get in to be with and to, uh, to really give the mind something to do. So it turns the volume down on the distractions, Mm. you know, so that our body can do its best work. Yeah. Yes. And you do a brilliant job at just like facilitating the whole experience. There's something about just your presence that was so soothing through the entire experience. Um, But it's funny, you had said how you went in like, oh, I'm going to work on this. And it took you in a completely different direction. And that's the exact experience that I had. I went in very focused on like this one aspect of my childhood trauma that I know I've been Mm -hmm. like slowly picking away at. And (laughs) I was like, this is, I'm going to work on this. And then all of a sudden I'm very, um, I'm very visual. So very clairvoyant and, and very auditory, also very clear audience. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. how I receive a lot of my messages. And so we're getting in and I can feel my body just relaxing and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I, I dig this, right? I felt like I yeah. was flipping so quickly, which I was kind of shocked by because as you said, just going into meditation, it takes a while to settle everything down, but focusing on yeah. that breath was so helpful for me. Um, and all of a sudden I'm seeing these two mountains in front of me, like in my mind's eye and I'm like, Oh, great. The mountains, you know, for me, the mountains, like, that's like, here we go. Like they're taking me right to my dirt. And I'm like, "Uh oh, so I hear push the mountain, like, and the one is highlighted. And so I'm pushing the mountain in my mind's eye, push the other mountain and I'm pushing the mountain and I'm like, oh, this is so easy. And um, I heard that like, this is a representation of your healing practice. When you Mm -hmm. get in here, you see things as these giant mountains, but you have the power to move through them. And I'm like, okay, this is cool, but this is not what I wanted to touch on. And then all of a sudden, those mountains, I'm going to get real woo-woo for you guys here for a second. Yeah, I love it. In my mind. Those mountains morphed into two energies. And I saw part of that damage, that that wound that's open, that I'm trying to heal from my past. That was the one energy. And a new energy that had come into my life was the other energy. And I was watching them kind of mold together and then separate And I realized that this new energy had come into my life so I could heal these wounds with my past trauma. And I went, it was like the light bulb flicked on and I went, oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, this is why these lessons are coming up for me with Mm -hmm. this new energy, boom, 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 right one right after another. So I just had that like mental epiphany that I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it's so much easier for me to process this now and then as we came out of the breath work and you're having us like re-regulate our our breathing and I was hearing all of my boundaries all of my current boundaries that I've really worked on establishing but then like other things were getting thrown in like you forgot this and you forgot this and I'm like oh my gosh give me the journal like I couldn't get up fast (laughs) enough to get my journal at the end because I was like right oh my goodness. So such an amazing breakthrough, but it was nowhere. Like it was, I guess, kind of close to what I thought I wanted to go into, but it took me to a place that I didn't even realize was an issue for me. So I'm, it was just absolutely amazing. So um, I love that. 
and everybody has such different experiences. It's wild. But one of the most common things is right. Like the, your mind is like, okay, this is what we're going to work on today. And then the body's like, that's cute. And we're going to do this. Right. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think that's part of our, I won't say problem, but part of the, the, mm, resistance maybe to the real work that we need to do is our our rational brain attempting to protect us one from from the pain of whatever work it is it's such a paradox right like we have to go into the pain to do the work and the brain has created all of these mechanisms to keep us out of the pain yeah. Right. So it's like, um, and, and there are different parts in life when you look at like how you respond to something from your past and it's triggering you now and like separating yourself out from, from that experience, knowing that it has something to, and then figuring out the way to go forward. And then there's like a whole different level when the trigger could possibly be just as dangerous as the thing that happened to you before. And there's like a warning sign here that you really need to cue in on. And so when any type of somatic healing, right, like your body will do it when you get out of its way Mm -hmm. and whether you provide it with the opportunity to do one or many things, listening to your body, giving it um, all of the space that we don't often we don't often even realize that we are not doing it, right? We right. think I'm I'm being really good to myself, you know, like I'm taking time for this, I'm taking time for that. And then the next thing you know, like you said, you're like, oh, well, you forgot about this. It's like, oh, well, crap, I didn't, I was totally out of my radar, you know, because we only have so much capacity. I think with breath work, what I have realized in the, in the energetics, right? Like my, my gifts really are in aligning people in their energy, with their truth, poking around in the systems that they are the ones that they don't really come out and say, it's like the system behind the system that's running the show. Um, And breathwork is, is really a way in without having to go into another person's energy system. Um, It is a way to teach others how to be in their energy and with their energy by experiencing it we create a level of of activated breath that causes a little bit of chaos and causes a little bit of movement Um, and when I say a little bit that's like starting out right we as you get more into it it can be uh, bigger experiences longer experience deeper experiences but in a safe container that allows you then to go out in the world and notice the chaos and the discomfort and still feel safe because we cannot do anything if we don't feel safe first. Right. Not truly, not wholly, not authentically. We are wearing masks and badges and, and coverings, you know, because it is, we have learned through experience. It's very unsafe to do all of the things that, that our heart is calling for. Right. Yeah in, in the world that we, that we live in. And then you begin to create a new blueprint with that as you heal the ruptures. And, and what was scary before is like, you know, you've ever done something two or three times. You're like, see, it wasn't so bad. Right. It's the same thing with emotional healing. The first few times you go to the gym, your body is wiped and then you go and you're like, Oh, I feel, I feel pretty, pretty good. It's the same thing with, with energetics or somatic healing. And, and the work is really committing to it. 
Yeah. You know, and not letting it fall by the wayside, not taking five days of the 10 day prescription and because you feel better and stopping, right. It is continuing to show up because you really do your best work when you feel like you don't need to do any, you know, like when we're desperate and we're down in the dirt and the, just the muck of it, right. There's like creativity and, and response and we can take action and all that other stuff. But how much more could you do if you did it from a place of well-being? Yeah. Making it Mm -hmm. just a regular practice so that you Mm -hmm. feel good. You touched on that before that you have to feel good um, so that you can put your best foot forward. And that, that Mm -hmm. I believe that in all facets of life, you know, it's just so, so important for us to really recognize what feels good and, and stay there when we can and then adjust as needed. It's a constant journey. It is. And I say that, you know, listen, I am a master of rest. Okay. I am not, I won't say bypassing. That was the old me for sure was like, Oh, I'm, I feel good. I'm fine. I don't need to go in there again. Right. Because I feel good now that was bypassing for sure. Rest yeah. is different. And, and a lot of my, you know, programs and things where I work with people for several weeks at a time are infused with rest purposefully. Right. Because the embodying can feel hard and heavy. It is not harder than, than, any of the days that you've lived in like mundane struggle, strife, like resistance, hardship, all of those things, right? It's still far easier to be on a hard day of your healing journey than ever again in any of those. And it's okay to not constantly be downloading and seeking and searching for the next thing. It's like committing to, okay, I have 10 things that feel good to me nature baths, journaling, breath work, meditation, energetics, Reiki, like go through the gamut of things that feel good to you, have them on a rotation. If you're more of a structured person, sure, pick one out for the day, just like you might meal plan, right? Right, right. But know that your body will lead you to the one that you want to movement, dance, sound, you know, I mean, I've, since I've gotten into breath work, I've studied a lot about the breath itself. And like, there's so much more to our breath than we've ever realized, right? Our breath has has such magnificent power within our body. Um, and and being with all of the, I mean, even humming, it, it, it increases the um, nitric oxide in your nasal passages, which expands your capillaries, which allows you to pull in more, more oxygen, which allows your body to be more oxygenated, right? Something simple as humming, right? <laughs> that we don't, we're yeah. not taught that kind of a thing. So, yeah. So that's so incredible. I teach dance and that's the one thing, like when I can see my, my students, when they start to go left and I can see they're getting in their head. First thing I tell them, breathe, just take a moment, take a few Mm -hmm. deep breaths, Mm -hmm. find your music again. You know, that's so, it's so funny. It does, it all connects back in some way, shape or form. Now there's probably people that are listening. They're like, Oh, I've always wanted to try breath work, but I don't know if it's safe for me. So Is um is breathwork safe for somebody that may have like asthma or some sort of breathing condition? So um, there is, I have a whole list of things um, of, of the no's to breathwork, right? Like okay. this is a no, this is a no. Uh, hypertension, any heart, any pulmonary, um, seizures, severe mental illness, um, history of aneurysms, um, high blood pressure, glaucoma. Like there's a ton of things that are not a fit for um for breathwork. 
that doesn't mean you can't do breath work. It means that you have to get approval to do activated breath work patterns that could mm -hmm. put your body in, um, in, a, in a situation where it needs to react or respond to what's happening to it. Um, breath work can be just a gentle inhale through the nose and an exhale out of the mouth. <sighs> right? If you have asthma, you can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, am I going to put you in a triactive breath where you're breathing? <sighs> Probably not. No, that's not going to that's not going to work right off the bat. The thing right. with the medical conditions specifically in breath work is to seek your medical uh, provider's um, opinion, support on your specific needs before you be I have like a waiver like you can't do breath work unless you seek a doctor's permission with these things. And that's not a limited list, right? I mean, it's, it's a quite expansive list of things. Um, some people like pregnancy, right? It's not necessarily that it is dangerous for a woman who is pregnant to do breath work. What can happen though, outside of the physical parts of it is that it can elicit a lot of emotional responses mm. that then be, could become, you know, like an environment that the baby, you know, might have some contradictions to or whatever. So as far as breathing, talk to your medical professional first. I'm not that. I <laughs> did not go to school for that. I can teach you how to breathe. Uh, but don't let it be the reason that you don't seek something similar, right? Just go into yeah. it honestly and openly. Like these are, are the limitations that medically are I have going into this and what's possible for me around that. You know, I mean, there are so many breath patterns. The The perfect, most rhythmic breath is um, like a heart centered breath is the five and a half second coherent breath. Mm -hmm. And even that, right, if you try to breathe in for five and a half seconds right now, you get to like four and you're like, oh, a whole nother second of this, right? Like it feels like a push. Hearing it, you're like five and a half seconds easy, but you know, getting to that fifth second, like, oh, I'm really full here. And yeah. then five and a half seconds out that doing that for 20 minutes is going to change your life, you know, so it doesn't have to be. And I think, I think that's what people, you know, I deal with a lot of trauma with people. Yeah. I don't put them into an untethered place to begin with. Right. Like I want to seek consent with my body and myself at all times. And I want everyone I work with to seek after that same thing. Right yeah. to to do something towards your healing journey should be beneficial. It shouldn't make things worse. It shouldn't put you. Doesn't mean you don't see the edge. Doesn't right. mean that you're not challenged in some ways. But it's not it's not healthy emotionally or physically to go into an experience that's supposed to help you in a way that's like let's go at it, hit it hard. Right. You're not gonna do tumo breathing on day one, like that, like, 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 it's like the Wim Hof style, right. Is, is those, those very activated patterns. I've had people that I've worked with in trauma that made it to 30 seconds their wow. first time. Right. And then a couple months later, they're like looking at 30 minutes or an hour, you yeah. know? And so it's working your way up. It's titrating the breath in a way that allows you to expand safely within your own system so that you build trust. Right? You build the ability to to go, this doesn't feel good, and I need to listen to my body. You know, I, I always say before I begin breath work, like, your body is cue number one, and I'm cue number two. Mm. I don't always say that when I'm coaching somebody, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, no, listen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But in breath work, right, body says, that's enough. 
we listen to that first, yeah. even if you only made it a minute in. Um, and that that approach isn't taken by, by all. There are a lot of methods out there that are very activating for a system. And, and you know, it's part of the reason why I went through the program that I went through is because I wanted it to be trauma-informed. I have trauma, yeah. right? Why would I put myself in that situation? And the very first experience was a lot for me. It was a lot. And I did it um, because, you know, hey, let's hear something new. Let me let me take on something new as as we do. Um, and it is also why I spend so much time with people working with, with what's possible, what can happen. You know, some of the physical responses like tetany. If people come to me and, and I'll be teaching, you know, the, the very opening part of breath work and they're like, oh my gosh, that's what I had this first time I did. It. I never wanted to do breath work again because I had this muscle cramping, this like surge of tension in my muscles. It's called te tetany. And, and uh, nobody told me what it was. And I panicked. I thought something was wrong with me and it went away. And I was like, I never want to do it again. Yeah. It's exactly why I talk about tetany before it happens, right? Because I could, I mean, imagine your hands like just clawing randomly and not being able to release them again. It's very scary. Yeah. And, and, you know, in this industry, well-being is, it's a beautiful movement and there's such awareness and consciousness. There isn't enough education and mm. there isn't enough, um, uh, like not just learning, but the wisdom that comes with it you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, it, I wanted a program that was going to challenge me and teach me and give me the, the basics of what I needed in order to then further in each of the, each of the areas. So yeah, it, it feels really good. It feels good to help people reach new layers and levels of themselves, you know, and experience um, what's possible for them to go from a place of like, yeah, I, I feel okay with that thing that happened to me to, oh yeah. I, I have transformed that in my life. We can't get rid of, we, we can't, we don't have eternal sunshine, spotless mind movie going on. We can't go in and scrub out the things that happened and we right. can, we can align ourselves with the possibility of coexisting with them in a new way. Yeah, definitely. You're blowing me away here. You're, <laughs> you're leaving me speechless, which is hard. Um, so you do, you do sessions with people, you do a one-on-one -on -one as well, right? You do one-on-one -on -one yeah. sessions and so, then you have your group sessions. Mm -hmm. Did I just see something that you're doing couple work as well? That I just Yeah. That? So I love breathing with couples. It's one of my favorite things. And it was kind of like, uh, so in my, my teacher training hours, right? Like yoga teacher training, whatever with breath work, we had to have so many hours. I had a previous coaching client that was like, Hey, me and my girlfriend wanted to do, and it was like blew me out of the water. One of the best things that I had done because they, I was able to lead them in a way like opening the, the connection to each other. Right. We started with like gentle eye gazing and moved through like that awkward, weird, like, ew, we're looking at each other for a long period of time without saying anything. Let's just start laughing because it feels so awkward. Right. Which I'm, a, I'm a big believer in mirror work and eye gazing are two of the things I often uh, give to people to do as homework. But um, but yeah, we opened the practice and and connected them, really setting in an anchor and an intention that that while we are having our individual breathwork experience, that we can call on the energy of another to support us, mm -hmm. right? Whether they are there or not, we can do that energetically, right? I call on my mentors and guides. It's really funny because I'll talk to them and I'll be you know in a coaching session. I'm like, yeah, I really called on you the other day, and my coach Andrew's like 
yeah, I felt that, <laughs> right? Like, it was like, <laughs> they being, feel the pull, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what I love so much about energy work is that it is, I deal a lot with grief too. And one of the hardest things for people, well, until they understand it, one of the hardest things about grief is that it is automatically enmeshed with their love for the person without, you can experience two things at the same time, love and grief, but they need to happen simultaneously separate rather than them enmeshing in each other because you can't ever get rid of grief if it's entangled in your love, right? They, they, they're close sisters and they can both be there, but we can't treat them as one thing because then we can't ever move through the grief. But with grief work specifically, um, you know, we, we can call on the energy of people, entities, energies, experiences, whatever, whether they are here, whether they are past, whether they are um, in the room with us or not, you know, and when you learn that the energy has never gone from you, right, then you have the choice to to call on it whenever you need to comfort at at your fingertips at your at your whim at your desire you know and so we create this container in the couple's work where um they're calling on each other's energy from the love and the support that they know that they have from that person even if they had a fight this morning right even if they're annoyed with each other even if she didn't pick her clothes up off the floor or they didn't whatever right um we call on the best parts of each other in this container and we we set the intention around that and then we go into the experience as separate breathers but inevitably what happens and it always gets me like hugely emotional is at some point during the session one will reach out for the other mm. and their support of that other person it's so magical to watch it happen and then they've gone through this together and then they can hold space for each other right while i'm holding them in the container and it's like the world just falls away and they're and they're in this space so yeah i do um i do a lot of energetic work um in my one-on-one coaching um and then and then it, that's you know trauma informed um energetic alignment, healing, overcoming, you know, just no obstacle, you know, the mountains never too high, right? It can just be pushed. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then I, I do offer, I, I do a free breath session every month. Um, it, they're all posted on my Instagram or website um, as an invitation to people to try it out, you know, and I, yeah. and it's a lighter, a lighter session. Um, so brand new people can come in, but it's also still deep enough of a container that people that have been doing it all the time can, can come as well. And then I offer group sessions every month. There's usually two in the month that are, that are group online. What I love so much about those types of containers is the people that show up to them are all, it's like, I see, them come on the screen i'm like oh that's why you're here because they're here you know like and it's like this they they come into the container complete strangers and leave with a new human in their in their corner you know a new energetic being that's present for them as they move through and then i still do the one-on-ones i love couple work and then i love you know like the group containers like group coaching like four-week programs i have for people as well and then for people that that don't have time to do it when a facilitator is available i i offer courses um, online and a, and a membership too. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm super excited because Tracy is going to be hosting a group session for dancing with your soul and our project, my project healing Patreons that are also a part of dancing with your soul. Um, and that's at the end of this month. So I am so 
excited for that. And I know that everybody's like, yay. <laughs> it was so funny because I got your email saying you had, you know, sent it out or we're going to. And like 15 emails, like right after with like, you know, people signing up. It was great. It was great. And, and this isn't, I, I want to explain to people with anything, right? That there are, there are ancient rituals at play here. Uh, this is not me. This is not new. This is me going in and studying and researching and becoming a facilitator to raise awareness around the modalities that are available out there. And, and I, you know, I'm one of those coaches that I'm like, listen, I might not be for you, but I'll know somebody who is right. So it's yeah, this constant yeah. invitation to, there's so many coaches, there's so many great light bringers and soul dancers and, and healers out there um, to work with. And I, I do believe that, that we need more, we need more people in this, in this lane, doing the work, resourcing themselves, supporting themselves, and then offering that same, uh, invitation to others. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, if you guys want to reach Tracy, all of her contact information is going to be in the show notes. And before we head out, we're going to do a conversation <laughs> card because why not? And okay. <laughs> I found this to be, we got a reflection card and I, I love this. So it's asking, what is your best habit? Hmm. Hmm. Just one, huh? Okay. Um, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm actually, I love um, the word rituals for the things that I choose to do habitually for myself. Habit can be good or bad, but for me, rituals are things that I choose to do in support of myself. And there's a few, and it, it really is just, it's a daily practice of coming home to myself, minute to minute, hour by hour, you know, getting lost in the work and then coming out and, and resourcing myself every morning before I will put my feet on the floor or dare I touch my phone. Um, <laughs> I ask myself what I need before I start into the day. And it is, you know, sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's an hour. You know, I woke up way slow this morning and I listened to my audible book in bed, you know, for, for the hour before I, I, I just wanted to, you know, listen and, and, uh, I'm rereading a book. And so listening to it, it's like, hits a different way than, than reading it, but it can be breath work in the morning. It can be movement in the morning. I, um, recently did a nonlinear movement with Michaela Boehm, magical, um, and just something as simple as coming onto all fours and letting your body, right. This, your body automatically wants to move up and get up out of that, like, lower position and that invitation to come back to all fours, come back to all fours, let your body be here on all fours, right? Even something as simple as, as stretching or um, meditating or free riding, right? That probably is, is one of the, the best things that I do for myself. One of my best habits or rituals is to ask myself what I need in the morning before giving myself or parts of me away throughout the day right, is to, is to start that way. And then coming back to that regularly, I breathe, of course, I say that all the time. I catch myself now. I breathe every day. Well, duh, right. We all do. <laughs> I hope uh, so. But, but I intentionally breathe and do yeah. whether it's an integrative pattern 
or a shorter and slower meditative pattern um, every single day. And then I resource myself in the same ways I'm outputting. I have coaches because I am a coach. I get breathed because I'm a breathwork facilitator, right? Like I work at giving myself the things that I so easily give out. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love that so much. What about yours? Can we, is that a conversation one? Do you get to? Yeah, totally. I'll I'll share. Um, I would say, um, I love that you spun it into a ritual, right? Because I think that that, I think that you're right. The word habit in itself just has that. I mean, smoking's a habit, right? Right. (laughs) Having a glass of wine every night's a habit. (laughs) Like I do really good at that one, actually. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Can I change my answer? Um, I would say for me, it is definitely recognizing when I need to rest. And that is Mm. something I struggled with it for so long. And I felt that I had to be all things to all people all the time. And now I've really made that a part of my routine. So like you were saying, you wake up and you ask yourself, what do I need? I've really, really connected with my body, mind and spirit. And I now part of my ritual is taking rest and turning the phone off and just being with my family and just being in nature and saying that can wait because this needs to get right. (laughs) Oh, I love that so, so much. And, and it is, you know, I mean, ask anybody out there, like they don't just Netflix, right? They Netflix and Instagram. Or they, right. or they are washing dishes and listening to a podcast. There's no, like, there's very few things we do just one at a time, piece by piece as it's needed. And, and those obviously were, were the, I won't say they're bad examples because we all need sometimes to just check out and do other yeah. things too. And to watch a mindless show or a documentary or whatever, but even something as simple as like taking your coffee and go sitting by a window right in the morning and just letting yourself enjoy the flavor of the coffee while you watch a beautiful scenery, you know, and we, we over, I want to add, because I work on this a lot that our doer, the doer is a protector. Yeah. Right. The, The busy body is a way to avoid the, the sadness or the grief. And it would be unfair and, and unkind and, and just flat wrong really to not to shame that and to say, I'm just being busy. I need to slow down as if that thing wasn't doing the very thing it needed to do to save your life at one point. Right. Right. And be with that, that protection mechanism, but also recognize like, okay, I am the adult here now. This doer was created probably, I don't know, sometimes as young as like six or seven, sometimes she was 12 or 13. Sometimes it was 1820 where this doer body comes in and it's like, this is how we do life. We have to do it this way. I have to be in charge. And, And giving that version of us a break because we are the present adult here now even that part of us deserves support, right? And, and being with that. And so I, I don't mean to make it sound like the doer is bad, right? I want to be with the doer and like, dang, you're so good at what you do. And even you deserve to rest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
That's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I don't know about our listeners, but I got a lot out of this, so I'm satisfied. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping it was helpful. You know, it's funny with podcasts because, you know, sometimes you want one that's like, wow, an hour passed and that was so fast. I didn't even feel it. And then other times you're like, okay, 15 minutes is about up. You know, like I need to move on with the day kind of a thing. Um, But yeah, and, and if anybody's interested, you know, just check out in the show notes, you know, all the information, if I can be of support. Yes, guys do it. You will not regret it. Tracy, again, thank you so much for being here with me and I'll catch you guys next time on Project Healing.